From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzkowitz, and on today's show, I talk with a former comic book artist about starting a successful web comic at 14, why that led to what she calls child actor syndrome, and why she chose to walk away. Across Michelle Moses about a year ago after seeing one of her Disney princess cosplay photo shoots. They're on her Instagram. Check them out. They're amazing. Since then, she's become a dear friend who I'm fortunate enough to have had the opportunity to work with. She's a talented graphic designer and an endlessly creative chick who is still a Disney princess inside my head. When I was like as a kid, girl, I was so different. I was very quiet, very shy, very introverted. I'm using very, like, that's an understatement. I was super, super quiet. Like, no one knew my voice. Um, I was literally scared to talk. And um, I think I was always afraid of, like, saying something that sounded stupid or, like, giving off the wrong impression. Like, I remember, like, thinking like this when I was, like, even, like, five or six years old. Um, I always want to sound intelligent, like what I know what I'm saying, you know, and doing. <laughs> um, yeah, right. I'm st- I'm still figuring that out, but um, as a kid, it's scarier, you know. And um, I was very shy. It was hard to make friends. I was always in my own world. I'm I'm creative, so I was spacey, and I kind of wanted to always focus on my own thing. And then as I got older and in my teen years, that kind of translated into, I'm done with school. I know what I want to do. I want to get into the art world. And um, I was still closed off, but I had, like, I was old enough to understand, like, how to be social and make friends. So I had my friends, still quiet, but um, I enjoyed being creative, I had a lot of creative outlets. That's actually when I started comicking when I was about 14 years old. Yeah, let's talk about that because that's okay. Cool. Okay. I mean, you, everything about you is cool, but that I'll I'm like, I, I don't think I've ever met anyone who was like an accomplished, published comic book artist at like 18. Yeah, 18 or 19. I'm trying to remember the year. It was it was before the market crash of 2008, so it was it was well before that. Um, I don't even remember how old I was. I guess it, it was early college. So eight, yeah, 18 or 19 years old. Um, so when I was 14, I wrote my first comic series. It was called Majesty. You could probably still find it if you Google it. Oh, I, <laughs> I am went, linking that in the show notes. Or a pen name, which I may or may not tell you. <laughs> well, if I find the comic, then I will find the pen name. Well, something as broad as that, like, you know, now I know more about marketing. I probably wouldn't use such a broad name like that. I probably would have used something more specific. But like, if you Google Majesty, that's obviously not coming up because it's such a big word. And there are so many company names with that word. I'm going to find it. Okay, girl. Good I'm going to find it. No, okay. I'm on a mission right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So um, I started writing it when I was 14. It's a romantic comedy. It's very silly, very over the top dramatic. Um, it's basically like all the junk you see in reality TV, but in a comic. And, um, now I want to find it even more. (laughs) This sounds so good. It very accidentally took off. Um, I posted it. It was free. I posted online. Um, and 
I was also like, this is before Instagram days and Facebook days. It's so funny, but you know, like how Instagram is kind of like everyone finds their friends and their niche and everyone's like connecting with each other and posting and liking each other's things. So, um, so we were a bunch of comic artists just supporting each other, loving each other. And my network was growing and I was looking into my site stats and I was getting like a thousand people visiting my comic a day. And wow. I was like, yeah, I was like, whoa, people like my stuff. This is so cool. Like I was That's literally huge. I don't think I'm... that people realize how huge that is. When you, yes. when you like launch a website, when you launch an e-commerce site to get 150 people to your site every day is considered good. That's considered like, I know that's considered really good. That's like, you're solid. You're good. You don't need to worry about it. You were getting a thousand people a day at 14. I, I was a little older. Maybe I was 15 or 16, but, um, Whoa. I was getting a lot of hits. I was That's definitely insane. still in high school. Yeah. So I had to be somewhere between 14 and 16. And, um, and I was really putting myself out there online. I knew all the right places to put my comic up to advertise. And, um, and yeah, people were coming to read it and it just grew. It just grew into this like nation and people were sending in fan art and fan mail and um, companies were reaching out to me like, do you want action figures created on your comic characters? And it just what? grew. I know. Just from crazy. just from like a kid posting stuff online, basically. Yeah. From just making stuff and putting it online. See, this is why I love art. Yeah, because exactly. this is This is why I love art because you make something, you put it out in the world and sometimes it resonates with someone and they share it and then it grows and it snowballs and oh my god my brain is blown okay i'm gonna stop interrupting you keep going no problem but this is the thing like fast forward to 2020 for a second it's like this child actor syndrome that i have where like oh i was famous and now i'm like a nobody you know what i mean like i moved backwards a little bit i mean i hear and I look it at but like ugh. Yeah, but like, you know, like I look at my Insta stats compared to the comic stats I had back then, and the, the internet was, wasn't as tight as it is now. Like, it, right. for people to find you, that was huge, you know? Right. This is before Google was Google, and it was just a totally different world. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I was, my comic was rated the top comic thousands of comics out there there were maybe like 3,000 comics signed up to top it was topwebcomics.com or something like that or .net or who remembers but um you register your comic and people vote for their favorite comic and, and it's, the more you get votes the more you're bumped to number one so I was number one for a really long time wow. and the benefit of being bumped to the top 10 is that you you appear on their homepage and people see you Right. So that so was it, a huge it feeds help. itself basically. Exactly. Like once, once you get to the top 10, then you're more likely to stay there for longer because more people are seeing you and they can love you and all of that. Exactly. So I had this amazing network. I was telling everyone to vote. It's like nowadays, like, like my post, help me with engagement. It was right. exactly the same. And um, people were voting and I had like incentives like, oh, I'll do this. I'll, I'll post three pages a day. If you, I, I used to post, I think one page a week. And then I was doing two pages a week. And then I was like, I'll post every day this week if you guys vote for me. And it worked. And I would come up with like different ideas to get bumped to number one. Um, so yeah, it's like, it reminds me of, of loop giveaways now a little bit. <laughs> but, it sounds um, like, it sounds like yeah. it actually. See, there's nothing new nothing's in the world. Really, exactly. Nothing's changed. Um, it was all a game then. It's all a game now. Right. And um, it was fun. It was a fun time. I had 
a huge, a huge network of friends. The only thing that I wish I would have done differently is that I, I never showed my face. I was completely private and I went under a different name. And looking back, I should have, I could have built such a great reputation had I used my name. Um, and in how long ago was it? Um, almost 10 years ago, it nine, yeah, it was nine years ago. I went to a Disney convention. I don't know if you know about the D23 convention in Anaheim. I do not, but I want to know. Can you oh my God. please okay. tell me what that is? It was like my dream come true to go. Oh, and thank God I got the opportunity to check it out. It's basically like a bunch of Disney celebrities and Instagrammers. And again, back then blogging wasn't such a big thing, but like they were there then and I got pictures with them because like I was following them. Um, and um, Disney vendors, Disney animation, Disney, like every Disney branch under one roof. Everyone's under one roof. So it's basically like a massive Disney convention, but like by legit Disney people. So it's not, no one's like a wannabe there. This is like the real deal. Um, people who work in the theme park were there. People who worked on TVs, movies, uh, shows, they were all there. Is this invite only? No, it's open to anyone. You can go in costume. You can go as yourself. I went super, super professional with my portfolio. I was dressed to the nines, like I'm going on a job interview. And I just tried to make a bunch of friends there. I'm like, this is it. This is the year I'm getting a job at Disney. And um, if you don't know me, I've wanted to work for Disney since I'm like three. So this was like a huge opportunity. Also bear in mind, this was only a couple of years after the market crash. So Disney was not looking for more people. They were looking to like unload, not to take on more. So um, it was a tough market, but I'm like, I'm putting myself out there. I'm going to Anaheim all by myself and I'm going to do this. And um, I went around just kind of like going for portfolio reviews, but also like kind of like, oh, are there any openings? Do you have any connections for me? You know? And one of the best advice, pieces of advice that I got was, I don't even remember who it was, but it was someone in the comic slash publishing department of Disney. And he said, why are you under a pen name? And I was like, well, I don't really want people to know who I am and where I live and I'm very private. He's like, that's silly. Go under your name. Put yourself out there. Become someone. And you can't do that without using a name. Use your name. And I was like, I never thought of that. Like, I was so focused on being private, being private. He's like, be Michelle Moses. And I was like, okay. And literally that year I started putting myself out there, out there as Michelle Moses. So that was like the start of me transitioning from my pen name to my real name and like being more me. I started posting pictures of myself on my blog and I, I had an art blog, not fashion blog. Like things, like that's where things are a little different now, but um, I was like less afraid to be myself. Um, and the secret was over, you know, like, and it felt really good. And now like, oh my God, I'm selfie central. <laughs> so clearly I've like learned to, to come at myself. Yeah. It's still hard. I'm not going to lie. Like every time I post a picture of myself, I do cringe a little bit because I'm not used to that. That's not where I came from. Right. But, um, yeah. It was Did all, anyone connect the pen name to you? As a person? Yeah. I'm saying like, did anyone yeah. figure out like, oh, whatever this pen name is that I'm going to find? No. And I will only post with your permission. Um, yeah. Right. right, right. <laughs> I will only put it up there with your permission. Um, 
but like did anyone be like wait aren't you this person who did this super successful comic strip nobody nobody connected nobody. The two. No. so you really have to start again from scratch almost I did and and I did that's exactly what I did I actually that was when I started a new comic because I was like you know what maybe the majesty phase is over I'm moving on from this I was 14 when I started it now I'm in my 20s let me create a new comic and I think I was 21 or 22 when I started um my next comic called Blue Streak which okay. is a comedy um it's very like fast-paced funny and I also took screenwriting classes to learn how to write funny because there actually is a talent required for that um so during my screenwriting semester I told my professor that I want to work on my comedy writing skills and the thing with comics and what I love about the comic world is that you you really need to wear a lot of hats and you need to exercise those hats at all times so you're not only an artist but you're a storyteller you're a writer and sequential art is not the same as like painting a painting. You, you, you have to visually tell a story and the way characters react, their facial expressions, um, the pacing of things, these are all things you have to keep in mind. And it's like a million things to it's take in It's a lot of balls to juggle all at once. And I loved it. And also there's fashion involved because I had to come up with a wardrobe for each of my characters. And that was really fun. And this was usually planned ahead of time. Like before I would start a new chapter, I would um, plan the visuals and, um, you know, figure out the story. And then there were days where like, I just made up the story as I went because I hit a wall and based on the reactions of comments I would get so think of it like Instagram, you post something and people leave comments. So this mm -hmm. was very similar where I would post a comment page, people would leave comments and I'd be like, oh, they like that. Let me build on that more in the plot. Right. And that, that was a great thing to have, which. So you, you were know, really creating it as people were reading it. Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of the awesome part about the internet. Cause if you had been putting this in a traditional newspaper, you wouldn't be seeing every person laughing to a particular frame let's say exactly. or something is that and like this if someone is commenting that second frame is great exactly you're like okay let's do more of that like it, yes. you get this really specific feedback did yes. you ever deal with online hate i have to say not really um it's do you think that it's because people didn't know that you were a woman because i find that like people who i speak to who are specifically women online in areas like comics, like video games, mm -hmm. um, those kinds of corners of the internet can be really vicious and like particularly awful. Same, Do you think that it's because people didn't know who you were or what you were that, that that's you so interesting. It? So everyone knew I was female. That was clear. Okay. I used a lot of heart emojis and my website was pink and um, I did have a bio on my website. So I had a website, there were links to my comics and links to my artwork. Um, and then stuff about me, but not an actual picture. I've, I've drawn myself before. Um, I was part of this community called DeviantArt, which was Facebook before Facebook, but just for artists. And you could you could be a writer too so and be a cool. part of it. Yeah, it's so could, cool. It's still check it out. I'm still on there. I love it. That's so awesome. and I changed my name to Michelle Moses a couple of years ago on that website. So um, I'm not active on there, obviously, but I was. I was on there every day. I had a million friends. Um, and just circling back to your question about being a woman and, and being in this industry, I think I was a part of it when things were changing a little bit. It's not 100% perfect yet, but um, I was in a community of women doing the same exact thing as I was. And we were very supportive of each other. And I, looking back, like maybe that's why we were so 
we were such an awesome tight knit community. And these were people from around the world. I remember like being up at two in the morning because it was whatever time in Italy at that point, you know, morning over there, daytime over there and talking to my friends in Italy, talking to my friends in Israel, talking to my friends in Australia and New Zealand and Iceland and like all over the world. And um, I had friends in England we, and we would like send each other like snail mail and drawings and we were like best friends. It was like really, really awesome. And it was all women. So I think that, um, and we were pretty much the same age, I would say everyone was in their teens or early twenties and we just connected. Like there was just like this like family vibe and it was so fun, so fun. And again, on the topic of being female in this industry, um, I've put myself out there at Comic-Con. I was a guest at T-Bowls, signing my artwork, selling my artwork. It does help to be a cute girl, you know, bet your eyelashes oh, yes. a little bit. Oh, yes. So that's definitely helped. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, a smile goes a long way. <laughs> it's with- so true, though. It's so interesting because... Like, I 100% agree with you. And listen, there are things that I definitely get away with by being nice and mm-hmm. sweet and a little and a little wink. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Right. Um, listen, if you got it, flaunt it. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what you would say to someone who is who who would think that that's a wrong thing, who would think that that's either, I don't know if like, I don't want to use the word like immodest, but like just that like it's it's putting yourself out there in the wrong way that it's like taking advantage no. of it. And I'm, yeah. see when I hear that, I think, yeah. Cause like in a lot of ways, men have the upper hand and I'm going right. to take the upper hand that I have. And that's my long eyelashes and cute smile. Yeah. So and, I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, I'm just being, I'm doing me. It wasn't like I went with like my midriff showing and a low cut shirt, you know, I'm, I'm me. I dress modestly. I'm just like, hi, how are you? You know, whatever. And they're like, Oh, you're cute. You know, I remember like way back in the day when like these like famous artists would ask me out and I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. Like they're a celebrity, you know? And then I was like, no, I'm Jewish. I can't, you know? Right. (laughs) And then I met my husband who started me, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, like it's just, it was, it's just, that's life. It is what it is. And I never went out of my way to do that, but it kind of just happened, you know? And it you know, it made people come over and talk and buy my art. And, you know, it wasn't, I'm not like using my, my looks or my charm to like, you weren't going as customers. Exactly. Exactly. But if it, if a, if it happens to help, right. (laughs) I'm all for it. Like in every situation, what I've also found in general is that I go out of my way to be super nice to people just, you know, in general, but specifically people who I work with, um, and if I'm being 100% honest, it's not always for, you know, obviously you should be nice to everyone and that's very altruistic and lovely. Um, but I find that when I am super nice to people, if something comes up and I need something done, then people like to help people they like, you know, 100%. and if I need, and if I need a favor, then I have this whole group of friends that I can lean on because we've become friends. And that also is, for sure. you know, super helpful. Yeah. What, what happened with your comic career? Do you still publish comics now? No. So um, it's interesting. When I met my husband, he was such a huge supporter of my work. He was a big fan of my work. Um, I was very stalkable back then. Like anyone who went out with me knew about my stuff. Um, I started going under my actual name. So people found out about my work. 
which I think made it scarier. I was like, wow, like people who know me now know, like I kind of liked hiding behind my work and then I felt so exposed. Did anyone at your school know that you were doing this? Yes, they did. I, I tried to keep it um, to myself, but people find things. They find things out. It's like the same way I try to keep my Instagram on the down low, but like my son's in yeshiva and his teachers follow me on Instagram. Like you just, you can only hide so much when right. the internet is so public. Right. And if you want to, if you want to succeed, you have to put yourself out there. I tell that to everyone. You can't hide. I saw how high, I mean, look, it didn't lead to sales for me being a famous comic book artist because I wasn't selling my stuff. It was free stuff. It was, I did it for fun. I was 15, you know? Um, And by 16, I had my first graphic design job. So the experience helped. I I was able to get work. People loved what I did and it was impressive. Um, And it's like cool to talk about, but like, did I make a million dollars at 15? I didn't know how to do that. Like I wasn't a businesswoman yet, you know? I wish I was, but I wasn't. Thinking back, like I could have done so many things so differently. But um, anyway, my husband was a huge supporter of my work. He was trying so hard to push me to continue my comics and not give up. Um, He attended Mocha Festival with me, which is um, a comic book festival in New York City. It's very intimate, very small. A lot of indie comic artists come out just to like push their work a little bit. Um, and we attended together. He was supporting me. I had a table there. I was selling my art. It was a ton of fun. I went with friends. Like we were all just hanging out. Um, and he's like, you can't stop doing this. Look how happy you are when you do this. And I was like, but it doesn't make money. And you know, how much can you sell a comic book for? I can't sell it for a hundred dollars. I mean, I could, but no one's going to buy it. Let's be real. So, um, and then I started getting into graphic design, which is another story, but it was, I was getting bigger in my graphic design business um, as I was kind of like getting out of comics and it, it just became a transition from comics to graphic design. There was no like finishing the comics. I just like eased out of it. And even to this day, my husband's like, why are you not going back to that? Because you were, you were so happy and it meant so much to you. And it was like this part of you that you just don't have anymore. And I totally agree with him, but you know, comic artists don't make money unless your, your comic book is turned into a movie or a video game and you're getting sales off of that. It's just, it's not, um, it's not lucrative. And to me, growing a business just felt more important, especially with a family to support that's on my mind. And also I get like a little bit excited when things grow. I'm like, oh, yay, okay. I, I, you know, I made more this year than last year. So let me make more next year. And it kind of becomes like this chase. It's this like excitement and this chase and, and I love it. So I can't say I don't look back, but I'm also like excited with what I'm doing now. And I don't know that I can do both yet. Maybe one day I would revisit doing comics again. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I hope you do because... Well, I'm looking up your stuff right now and I'm going to binge it tonight. Um, but I think that, see, it's as much as some, a part of a lot, I like I know a lot of what for me, it's a lot easier to create things and to continuously make things when you're also making money. It's really hard yeah. to work really hard and not get paid. Yeah. Um, even if you didn't intend to get paid, you know, even if you were never hoping to make money off your comics, yeah. but to see something be so popular and have it get so much traction and then not and then like that's the end of it you get the satisfaction of a job well done which is right. great but you can't pay your rent with that exactly. so 
that, you know, that's always something that's really, you know, that's, that is, it's, it's, it's a big decision to make. And it's almost like, it's like the, it's like the boring adult grown up decisions that we all have to make. Do you know what I mean? It's like, should I fold my laundry or should I go watch TV? (laughs) Be like, I should really fold my laundry, but I think I'm going to go watch TV. And it's like, (laughs) and it falls into that category of just, just things that, you know, adulting as they say. I know exactly. It's not fun. It's never fun. Right. What do you think, what would you go like going backwards a little bit? What is something that you wish you knew when you started your comic career? Like, what would you say to someone who they themselves or their kid is wanting to get like up and coming in the comic book world, the illustration world? What, what wisdom do you have to offer from the path that you have taken? So, okay. One thing is always be supportive, um, get support, keep your community positive. Um, I had a lot of noise doing what I was doing where people would say, oh, you'll, you'll never get published. You'll never make any money. You'll never be successful. I would hear a lot of that and it brought me down a little bit, you know? Um, but I also learned to ignore it and just keep doing what I love and what I'm good at. And, um, I really persevered like even college days. And by the way, I I used to mentor people, um, specifically young women, looking to um, work in the art world, whether it's in illustration or animation or um, in graphic design. Um, If you're passionate about something, go into it 100% and don't look back and don't listen to anyone because you know what you love. And if you love something, you will never work a day in your life. And it's totally true. So um, pursue what makes you happy and then figure out how to make money off of it. I wish I would have learned to monetize sooner. Um, if I were to start off as a comic book artist now, I would figure out how to make money ASAP. I, I had no business skills whatsoever. Get a mentor. What are some ways that you would do that? Okay, well, for one thing, um, I wouldn't post my comic up for free entirely. I would post teasers, and if you want to read more, you pay a monthly subscription or something like that. Um, I do follow a lot of comic book artists now, like a lot of these people that I befriended and like, they were like, so up there, like these big celebrities and I still follow them. Like there's still like this awesomeness to it and, um, they're doing fantastically well. They have digital books and, and how to draw and how to succeed. They, they're selling this stuff. They have webinars, seminars, YouTube videos, um, some of it is free. Some of it you pay for. And I wish I did that. I wish, I wish I did. And I'm, you know, that's still on the table. But, um, if I had done that 10 years ago when I had more time on my hands, I could have been breaking it in now, you know, all the comics. Um, so yeah, so persevere, monetize and, um, you know, just continue to network. Networking is super important. And always practice. Never get rusty. Um, it's very easy to get rusty as an artist. You, it doesn't become second nature anymore. You have to keep practicing. So keep practicing. Keep at it. Find some. Find time. Find. I'm like saying this. I have not drawn anything in like seven weeks. <laughs> but I also have a baby. Do as so I say, different. not as I do. No, <laughs> exactly. you have two babies. You have two children. <laughs> I know, That's but a- with the. Before this one, I was able to do a whole lot more, but you know, when babies are new and they're up all night, it's like a, a different story. It's like a different category. <laughs> You're <laughs> in yeah, newborn land right now. Right. I'll get back into it. I will. I will. Um, so yes. Did I cover everything? I think the, yeah, those are definitely lots of, of great, 
tidbits. I want to talk about your graphic design. Full disclosure, I am one of your super happy clients. God bless your soul. Took a giant job off my lap that I absolutely hated doing. Um, (laughs) You're so awesome. The idea of sitting at a computer all day is literal (laughs) hell. Um, And you're super happy to do it and you're so good at it. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, Give me more. Give me more. I think that you actually... um, I was listening to last week's episode, which was the solo episode that I did. And um, I don't remember exactly in what context I messaged you. Oh, because I was talking about hiring people. So I mentioned you because you were the first hire that I ever made, like to, to bring in freelancers and all of that. I think that you are the most mentioned person on this podcast. Like really? I know that you came up in my conversation with Razy Freed. Yeah. I think right. you might have came up in the conversation with Safira also. Like you come up, oh, right. definitely with Shira, um, with Shira Stern. You yeah. definitely came up there. You come up oh, all yeah. the time here. You're mentioning basically. all these people I love. It's so exciting. I love people, all of you. <laughs> yeah, we're all just good friends, which is which yeah. is fun, which is why I love that, like, I love that the listeners get to just he- listen in on the conversations that I get to have with my <laughs> friends. And also it's work. And also we're just like chilling and chatting. And so cute. I love it. On, on, from everyone's side. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious what to you is the main difference between comic and illustration and graphic design? Like where I, cause I can see how they're related. They're both, you know, creative and involving pictures and words and things. Um, and I, I get how one led into the other. I'm curious yeah. what to you, what the difference is and how you still keep your, you know, how you still keep your creativity going, doing something that's a little bit different from where you started. Okay. Well, first of all, I still illustrate. Um, I have worked I some jobs require illustration and also graphic design in one so um like now I'm doing children's games so like you create a board game you're doing the board layout the box design but also the illustrations that go all over it that is super um, cool yeah I love it so um can so you doing, share with me a game that you have worked on or I can't, I, can't yet. Can't, I can't yet okay. it's not out yet and it won't be for a while but I will definitely let you know as soon as it's out there okay and I will <laughs> yeah. gush all over it <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make it all fun and colorful um so so I'm still doing illustration work pricing illustration is very tricky because it requires a lot more detail and fine tuning than graphic design like to me if someone gave me a graphic design project at three in the morning I'd be like, sure, I'll take care of it, whatever. I'll talk to you at 7 a.m. and it'll be done. I have Someone been guilty me- of this. <laughs> I have 100% been guilty of this and she is not lying. <laughs> Maybe not 3 a.m., but definitely like at 8 a.m. and being like, can you have it by 10? No, you're good. You're good. And then, you know, and then if someone came to me with an illustration job at 3 a.m., I'd be like, okay, give me two days to figure out how to quote you. And I'll maybe get it done in like three weeks. It's like a totally different ball game. Um, I've done illustrations for textbooks. It's like, it's not the same as like sitting and creating a comic book story, but um, illustrating and it's part of my job. So it's illustrations, graphic design. Um, It's just that pricing it is very challenging because people don't want to pay as much for illustration work as they do for graphic design. It's not always... Mm a good, it's not always a good business investment, but it really depends where it's coming from. For example, I get um, emails and DMs galore from people saying, can you draw me and my family? And I'll be like, okay. And I'll quote it as I do my graphic design stuff. And they're like, whoa, I can't afford that. And I'm like, well, you don't gain from your business to have a picture hanging on your wall. So of course you can't afford it. But like, if this were for your website, you'd pay no problem because it's going to bring in traffic and more customers. So they're like, 
the way they're marketed is different. And um, I kind of view it as my illustrate, like, especially with private commissions, my illustration is seen more as a luxury versus the graphic design, which is for business purposes. So it's an investment. And that's how my, my clients view it. So, um, so that's why I stopped doing personal commissions, by the way, because I got too many responses like, no, that's too expensive. Right. No one ever writes that when I quote a graphic design project. So, well, yeah, because why. the truth is that the graphic design really is an investment. Every time that I send right. out an email now, I'm using little like frames and widgets and strokes and all the stuff that you created for me that, right. yeah, I I paid for at the beginning and it wasn't, it was, it was an investment. That's for sure. Um, but I've been using it now for, I don't even know how many more months and I will continue to use it for forevermore until you yell at me and tell me that I need a rebrand. But until that happens, (laughs) you're doing so great Rifki. I'm like, I'm so proud. I love it. I love what you do. You're very talented. You didn't even need me. Let's be real. Oh no, I did. I (laughs) want here. I'll tell you why I needed you. Two reasons. I absolutely positively despised doing the kinds of jobs that I gave you. So like layouts, <laughs> right. um, like email layouts, website layouts, making things look cute, like all of that. I hated it. I wasn't, I wasn't doing a good job because I didn't like it. Um, and you have taught me how to use Illustrator and Photoshop so much better than I ever could have figured <laughs> out in my life. So that's the second reason why I definitely needed you. Um, <laughs> my own sanity and also because the, the end product is just better because I just don't like doing it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's so true that there's just a different, I guess, customer or or anything to it. This has been like a real this has been a really fun peek into a career that I don't think most people thought of yeah. as a career. Yeah. It's so fun. Thank you for sharing this whole this whole story with me. My and pleasure. I have so much Googling to do because I want to yeah. do all the all I'll, the stuff. I'll that you link did. you. I'll link you. I'm not gonna make you sit and search now. You're a busy girl. I'm gonna help you out. Much appreciated. Okay, so all that'll be in the show notes. Um the, if somebody wants to catch up with you, find you, all of that, where can they go? Well, now you can just find me everywhere under Michelle Moses on Instagram on, well, I guess sort of Facebook, but mostly Instagram. That's where I'm at. My new website is coming soon. So um, stay tuned for that. I'm so excited for the launch. That's fabulous. That's michellemoses.com, right? Yes. Great. So the last question that I'm going to ask you is what I ask everyone who comes um, on the show. And that is to you, Michelle Moses, in your life, in your work, in the way that you move through the world, what does it mean to you to make an impact? Um, oh my gosh. You know what? I should have prepared this before you asked because you ask everyone and here I am like <laughs> mind blown. Like, oh my gosh, you just asked me this loaded question. It's a big <laughs> one, but you do have, you do have lots of heads up. I think just leaving someone with a piece of you, whether your knowledge or your talent, or you can inspire someone on, on some level that's making an impact to them. And like if I can leave someone with something and impact them in that way, like they walk away with, I'm going to start my business today, or um, I'm going to go build my website now. I'm going to start putting myself out there on Instagram more like my job's done. So that's making an impact to me. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Thank you so much. Have a good one. My pleasure. You too. Thanks for listening. You can find links to both Majesty and Blue Streak in the show notes, along with all of the other ways to connect with Michelle. The comics are great. Check them out. To hear more episodes, subscribe or head over to impactfashionnyc.com slash blog slash podcast. 
While you're there, feel free to check out what's new in the world of size-inclusive modest fashion. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it, leave a review with your favorite part of Michelle's story. It's fun. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses, original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Edzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.